Welcome to the Michigan Out of Doors podcast, the voice of conservation brought to you by Michigan United Conservation Clubs. The Michigan Out of Doors podcast is brought to you by our partners at Michigan Oil and Gas Association and the Michigan Department of Natural Resources Wildlife Habitat Grants, which funds our on-the-ground program to improve public land wildlife habitat. Sign up for a project near you at www.mucc.org slash on the ground. All right, so for this episode of the Michigan Out of Doors podcast, we're actually going to be talking to two folks that I was able to record both at the Field and Stream Outdoor Life Deer and Turkey Expo in Lansing a couple weeks ago um, and a week later at Outdoorama in Novi. Um, so first we spoke with Maven Optics, which is actually based in Wyoming, but has uh, some really cool optics that you'll hear all about in the podcast. And to go along with some great optics, we also paired that with our interview with Doug Doherty, the Michigan director for the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, which is also a statewide affiliate of MUCC. Um, so this is a really cool podcast, um, a couple different great guests, and for any of you that are thinking about going out west to hunt elk, um, you know, this is one that you're not going to want to miss. Um, yeah. Great podcast, great interviews, and uh, one I had to do very little work for. <laughs> well, that's the way we like it. All right. Welcome back to the Michigan Out of Doors podcast. We're here at the Field and Stream Outdoor Life Deer and Turkey Expo in Lansing, Michigan. And with me now is Cade Mastis, co-owner of Maven Optics. Now, if you haven't heard of Maven Optics, go check them out right now. There's some of the, well, for me, the first thing that caught my eyes, there's some of the coolest looking binoculars that you're going to find. Uh, but they're also very highly functional, I hope. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Top right. So, without uh, further ado, and that one's for you, Will Bradley, um, we have Cade Mastis, co-owner of Maven Optics, here in Lansing, Michigan. So, Cade, tell us about Maven Optics. When did you guys start? Where can people find you? What's your operating theory? Sure. So, Maven started in 2014, uh, really got rolling with product. Started selling in July of 2014. Took us about a year to get everything developed. And really what our goal is, is we want to provide top quality optics that compete against the big European brands. But not everyone has that kind of money. Not everyone has $1,900, $2,400 to spend on optics. Now they've got, you know, some of the brands out there have $3,000 plus optics. And, you know, we're... We're a small company out of Wyoming. We love to get out and hunt and fish and mountain bike. We're family guys and just trying to figure out a way to do things different. So we watched uh, Kuyu have success with the direct model. And as we were chatting about things over a couple of beers, like most good ideas happen, (laughs) we thought, you know, if we could go direct and cut out that uh, dealer and distributor markup and sell direct, we could provide top quality glass at about half the price. And so that's what we do. Now, you guys are in uh, Lander, Wyoming. How? I've been out to Wyoming a few times, uh, usually um, around Laramie. How far are you guys from that? You know, we're about four hours from Laramie. We're uh, west central. We okay. kind of so a little closer to Casper, maybe. Yeah. So if you go two hours due west of Casper, that's okay. where we are. We joke that it's where antelope hunting meets elk hunting. You know, we can hunt six major species from within twenty miles of our house. So. You know, my grandpa back in the seventies moved out to Lusk just because they like to hunt mule deer and antelope. Wasn't for the women's prison. 
Actually, he worked at the women's prison. See, he, was the, he was the prison doctor. <laughs> he was the only doctor in Lawskin. He pulled duty at the women's prison there, there too. There you go. Uh, Dr. Ken Turner. So for you folks back in Wyoming that remember Dr. Turner, that was my grandpa. Um, so back to Maven Optics. So one of the places where, where I first heard about Maven Optics um, was one of our mutual friends, Zach Brannigan, with the Saginaw Bay Land Conservancy, um, who we've worked with um, on some public land wildlife habitat projects with on some of their conservancy land. You and I were talking, um, you know, before we started to hit record on the podcast about the values of, of the folks at Maven Optics. And one of the things that you brought up, which I was happy to hear, was public land. For you guys, especially out west, and, and just so you know, it, it applies equally here back east, what does public land mean to you, whether it's for hunting or just for the general well-being of people? Well, you know, for us, public land is about access. It's about, you know, multi-sport, being able to get out and use it. You know, obviously in Wyoming, extractive industries is a big deal, and we understand that there's, there's pieces of that tied into everything as well. But, you know, I grew up, I actually went on my first elk hunt with my dad. I was born in August, and I went elk hunting in October of that year, <laughs> bouncing around on the floorboards of his uh, international scout. So for me, it's, you know, being able to roll out my front door and not have to ask permission or, you know, find someone as a land lease, but being able to go out and have access to thousands and thousands of acres of wilderness area and mountains and BLM land and you know, we're mountain bikers, and we're cross-country skiers, and we're hunters, and all of that stuff ties together, and without public land, it becomes a, a game of pay-to-play, and so it kind of, for us, it levels the playing field, it makes it where any person can go out and enjoy nature, which is what it's about for us, just getting outside and having a good time. And we were also talking about kind of the, the changing face of hunting, and we kind of brought up Zach with this. You know, he's not your typical birder, and I think we're seeing more and more people that aren't your your stereotypical hunter, at least. And I think public land is a big part of this because, you know, here in Michigan, we have well, a lot of our public land is up north. Um, where I hunt is in the Pigeon River country, um, north of Gaylord in the northern lower peninsula. That's a 100,000-acre state. Um, you know, forest that's like the closest thing to a wild place that we have in the Lower Peninsula. Um, but a lot of the things that draw people to a place like that is the challenge of it. You know, it's not just like the whack on the stack, it's earning it, it's getting out, it's enjoying all the different parts of nature, it's learning about the wildlife species you hunt and trying to match which with them to put venison on your plate. Um, do you see the same kind of thing in, in kind of the Maven customers? Um, is that that same kind of that new hunter, that, that hunter that's in interested in, in venison and kind of the total experience. Yeah, it's amazing. There's been such a cultural shift. You know, If you turn off the TV and just talk to people, the fact is everyone's a little bit more concerned about, you know, you can hunt and you can still be a conservationist. They actually go hand in hand. They're not opposed to each other. And people are learning that protecting the species so that you can hunt bigger animals and better animals down the road. And I'm starting to see, you know, the organic people that for years the hunting people kind of made fun of, and now they're saying, hey, this is direct. There is no more free-range animal than something you go out and shoot yourself and put on your right. plate. And it's it's drawing a lot of what you would typically consider opposed cultures together because everyone sees the value in open land and fresh, healthy species of, of animals and, you know, that fresh meat. And so it's, you know, we're seeing a, a different customer and we're, you know, our marketing strategy is different. We're not out there buying full-page ads and magazines and, and sponsoring but, a million TV shows. But you, know, 
you could. <laughs> you know? We Sorry, could, that's but, a shameless plug because oh, we have no, a magazine. <laughs> um, I'm just joking. <laughs> I said national magazine. But, but, but not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but you're, you're right. There, there is a change in pace. So, and whether it's public land in Michigan or out west, one of the cool things about big blocks of public land is you got to see across. Absolutely. And, and that's just a really kind of clumsy way to bring us back to the product, which is Maven Optics. So, how do your optics work? What are the different options that people can get with them? You know, when they go online, you know, to your direct sale model website, what are the different options that they're going to find, and what is the technology that that makes Maven Optics what they are? So currently, we have three lines of binoculars, and we're a little different. I mean, just in about everything we do, we're a little different. But we don't do a good, better, best. Um, the good, better, best model was designed around a retail consumer. Uh, you go and approach one of the big box buyers, and they say, "Great, it's nice you have a premium, but I want to be able to sell a cheap item to my customer and let them." Feel like they're getting that expensive item. That is, uh, that's not our model. We do a premium in each category. So our compact, phenomenal compact, ED glass all the way through everything we do. We use, you know, top coated prisms. We do do everything as, as good as we can. And our goal is to perform, like I was saying, against you know the big, big three as, as we like to call them. And so we use top grade Japanese glass. And because we're direct, one of the other unique things about us, uh, you kind of alluded to it at the beginning about how cool looking they are, we custom build them. So each pair that goes out has the ability to be customized. You go on our website, currently we have 9.2 million options. Um, (laughs) It will only increase as we add a couple more SKUs this summer. And you go on, we have a lot of people that spend days customizing their binocular because it's fun and it's cool and the website's slick. But I can, I, I can attest that I have <laughs> spent probably way too many hours trying to customize using the cryptic Typhon um, pattern that you have there. We have that in our Dear Michigan has the cryptic Typhon, um, but I love that pattern. So I've designed on your website so many binocs with cryptic Typhon and like blaze orange accents and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, um, and that's one I haven't purchased them yet and I need to at some point but it's fun just going down there and designing them. Well, and that's the thing. It's an investment. You know, you you start building a pair, you're looking at $1,000, you know, give or take in that, uh, that full-size binocular and while while it's you know half the price of some of the competitors, it's still not a not a small chunk of change. So the fact that you can kind of own it and make it your own just gives it that little bit of an extra cool factor, I guess. A- absolutely, and you know it, it is a significant investment. You know, I think if you're going out west, and, and you know, I haven't I haven't done the western hunting, but from what I've heard and read, you really need a top quality optic to do the spot and stalk hunting out west. But don't discount its value here in Michigan. You know, it's not necessarily seeing far distances that's going to help you with hunting using quality optics. It's going to be able to see the details at those close distances. It's going to be seeing the details in between trees where there's a lot of cover even up close. And something that you mentioned, having a good quality pair of optics actually adds hunting time to to your days, and that was something you were telling me yeah, about yesterday. absolutely. You know, I talk to these guys that say, okay, you know, I spent $4,000 on a hunt. I can't afford good optics. Well, you know, you go out for a couple of days, and you let, lose the first half hour and the last half hour of light because you're using subpar optics. Really, what does that extrapolate to on the cost of your hunt? Um, the other thing I talk to a lot of eastern guys about is, you know, throughout the eastern seaboard, there's a lot of point restrictions. 
and the fine for shooting something that's the wrong size is more than the cost of a good pair of optics is going to be. So, and you know, with our lifetime no fault warranty, it's a lifetime purchase. It's an absolute investment, something you can hand down to your kids. Has a transferable warranty, so it doesn't matter if it's you, your kids, or your grandkids. They're going to have these binoculars. They're going to have them out there spotting and using our land and filling their freezer. And I didn't know if you knew this here in Michigan, but asking about antler point restrictions to a Michigan hunter is like asking if you're a Democrat or a Republican. Like, there is no right answer <laughs> to that to that question. But that's especially um, relevant here in Michigan because we actually have areas of, within the state where we have the northwest corner of the lower peninsula has a three-on-a-side antler restriction. Um, there are areas where... Well, for, for any of you on the combo license, the first buck can be, you know, any 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 amount, but the second buck has to be, for the restricted tag, has to be four on a side. So there's combos, there's the UP rule, there's antler point restrictions, there's places with none. Um, either way, knowing what you're shooting, whether it's legal or not, even just whether or not it's the animal that you want or not, it's going to be better with quality optics. So... Um, we're going to wrap up the podcast uh, pretty quick here, but I want to say, Cade, anything else that you want to tell people in Michigan here about Maven Optics, where they can go, anything else that we have not covered yet that they have to hear? Well, you know, because we are direct only, it's uh, you have to get them from us. So you can't go down to the local store, check them out. We do offer a demo program. It allows people to basically make a, a purchase from us check out the optic, take it out in the field. It's actually better than going and looking through them at an optics counter at a local store. Use them for a couple of weeks and see if they're really what you want to do. We, we know they'll stand up against anything you're looking at, so we have no problem doing that. We even include a return shipping label so you can get them back to us. Really no risk, no limit. And uh, we think that's a great way to check them out and get them in the field. And we stand behind them 100%. And we just want people to get them in their hands and start telling their friends so we can go out and buy our hunting licenses and go do some more this fall. Awesome. Well, Kate, thank you so much for taking some time out of the show to join us. We're going to let you get back to your, your counter. He's got the Yeti guys um, covering the counter for him while he's recording this podcast with them. We want to make sure that they're not like using eye cups as beer cozies or something like that. So The whole booth so might much, be on Dave. fire at this point. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so that was a really fun uh, interview that I got to do with Cade. Um, didn't think we'd be bringing up the women's prison in uh, Lusk, Wyoming <laughs> that my grandpa used to work at, but you never know where the Michigan Out of Doors podcast is going to go. Um, so next up, as I promised, we have Doug Doherty, the regional director for Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation here in Michigan, which we've done a ton of great projects with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess just stay, stay tuned, and here comes the podcast. This is Drew Youngdike with Michigan Out of Doors Podcast, and we're back at Outdoorama. And we're sitting in also one of the coolest booths that, that we have here with the Rocky Mountain Out Foundation and Doug Doherty, who is the regional director for, for Michigan. So, Doug, uh, before we get into the Rocky Mountain Out Foundation what we do in Michigan, let's get to the really important stuff. Tell us about this display. Is this the display you have at all the Rocky Mountain Out ones? This is like a canvas tart tent 
This is, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, Davis Tents out of Colorado. Uh, they're uh, great folks, and they built uh, some art display tents. Or, like a, a quarter quarter of an outfitter's tent, and uh, they kind of give bring back the feel of being out in the woods and out in the mountains, uh, and uh, presents a nice display for us at these events and at our banquets. Well, they're really cool. So, um, you know, I just want to let, let people out there know, personally, I'm a member of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. I'm a proud one, and the reason that I became a member of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation is when I learned about how much you do in Michigan. I mean, everybody thinks about out west with the elk, and you guys do a ton out there. But I think a lot of folks in Michigan don't realize how much you guys do for the elker that we have here in Michigan as well as for all wildlife that we have here in Michigan. Um, tell us about the Michigan chapters. How, how long have you, has the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation been active and engaged in the state of Michigan? Uh, in Michigan, I believe it goes back to around 1985 when Brooklyn, Michigan was the first chapter east of the Mississippi for the Elk Foundation. That's, that's pretty incredible, and that's actually just a year after the, the kind of revival of the regular Michigan Elk Hunt that started back in 1984. Exactly. It was a, a great chapter, a big chapter. It's been revitalized. It's uh, called the Erie Chapter now. They're based in, in Dundee, Michigan, and their banquets come up in August. So what, what's the mission of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation overall? What are the big issues that you work on, and, and how do you accomplish that? Land conservation is one of our number one uh, missions. Uh, the mission of the Elk Foundation is to ensure the future of elk, other wildlife, their habitat, and our hunting heritage. Uh, that boils down to creating habitat and ensuring the future of elk by restoring herds. To date, we have helped restore her herds east of the Mississippi in nine states. Kentucky alone drew 10,000 elk in Kentucky, and if you're not applying for your tag right now in Kentucky uh, for the lotto, put it in for the lotto. It's only 10 bucks, and it, they got some big bulls down there. You know, I keep I keep putting in for the Michigan one that I'm hoping by the time I'm done with this world, I'll actually draw it. But, um, but the, actually, that leads me in. There, there actually may be an increase in elk tags available in Michigan. Um, what did the DNR have to say about that? They just did a recent elk survey. What did they find? Uh, Great news. Uh, you know, the last couple winters were pretty tough on the elk. We lost uh, cows and calves. Uh, we lost some uh, uh, cows that were conceiving, just like what happened with the deer. Uh, several bulls, they found a lot of several bulls out there. They didn't make it from the rut. Uh, they bounced back. Brian Masterbrook and I were discussing this the other day. They've averaged a herd of 1,300 animals. Um, Believe they are increasing the tag quota for this. Well, that's great. Um, now, you guys do a lot of work up where the, the elk are in the Pigeon River country in Michigan. Um, could you tell me a little bit about some of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation's work in Michigan and some of the habitat that you've acquired and been able to put on the ground? Sure, Drew. Uh, where our funding uh, has to be associated with elk in some way. So the Gaylord office, uh, who manages the herd in, in Michigan, uh, they're, our, they're our chief, uh, those are the chief people we work with, uh, Brian Masterbrook, Mark Monroe, and the, and the rest of the staff. Uh, 
today we have put 5.2 million dollars on the ground here in Michigan. Uh, that's 142 projects, habitat enhanced, 3,700 acres through, permanently protected, almost 1,600 acres. Uh, we've opened up over 877 acres here in Michigan. with uh, the local biologists and uh, foresters up there providing openings, grazing areas, helping them to restore uh, some of the older grazing areas for the elk, tree plantings. It's, uh, well, we've done a couple of those together. Exactly. And, and those, i got to say, those have been some of the, the most fun projects that we've had with Michigan United Conservation Clubs. Um, we've partnered up with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation on, I think it's been three projects. Now, sure. uh, we did uh, the first one. We removed, what, two miles of fence around the Hackett Lake property. And that's one of those acquisitions that you were talking about that you guys were able to acquire. This used to be private land, but great elk, you know, calving grounds. And the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, working with the Little, Little Travers Land Conservancy, if, if I'm not mistaken, was able to acquire that and get that into, from private into public ownership. That's correct. Uh, the lab, uh, Little Travers Bay Conservancy contacted us, and through the, those great folks, Michigan DNR and ourselves, uh, we were able to put that uh that land to use and, and take it out of, out of private hands and, and put it into public. So we went up there and tore down the old cabins. Uh, the, the DNR came back in and reseated the area where the cabins were. It is a beautiful place. I think there's a, a 80 acre lake uh, teeming with fish. I haven't had a chance to get in there and look. Maybe you have, Drew. You know, fish, even if they were there, I wouldn't know it. You know, I could throw lures in on one after the other, and it, it's not going to happen. You know? happen. That's why I try to stick to hunting. The, the fishing doesn't happen for me. But, you know, the, the work that you guys do incredible, and, and really what makes that happen are the people of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Um, the individual members, when we do these projects, we've had campouts, and it's just such a great atmosphere. Um, tell us a little bit about your, your volunteers, like like John here, um, that you have at the booth. Tell us a little bit about the volunteers that you have with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation in Michigan. It's good that you brought that up, too. Our, our volunteer base is some of the best folks in the country I, that I get to the opportunity to work with, and it's a pleasure. It's, it's, it's probably the biggest and rewarding part of my job. Uh, these folks uh, from, all, from all 18 chapters around the state, plus our members alone uh, that encompass the state, and, and they, they, we get together, it's like family. Yep. And uh, in fact, we have one coming up first Saturday in June, which I think's the seventh. I don't have my camera yep. handy, and we're going to be doing another project. Up, uh, and you can go to our website www.rmef.org, uh, click on Michigan, and that will be posted here in the next week or so of our scheduled summer volunteer projects. And you can also actually go to mucc.org/on-the-ground and sign up for that same project. And don't worry, we'll we'll all get the credit for the volunteer. That's not the important. The important, the important part is that you get there because not only are you going to be doing some great work for wildlife habitat, but you're going to have a lot of fun. We eat very well, don't we, Drew? <laughs> oh man, it's like and those campfires. It's a feast. 
those, those campfires in the evening and sharing stories uh, from, from all sorts of folks and the friendships that have been forged up there. It's been, it's been what an opportunity that it's, it's hard to talk about unless you're there. Yeah. And this year we have the Huron Pines folks coming together with us. Yep, another group, group of folks up in the Gaylord area. There. So that's the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Now, if somebody wants to become a member of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, um, obviously you can sign up in the booth here, but by the time the folks listen to this, they're not, the booth's not going to be here Some anymore. of the best ways to, to be a member of the Elk Foundation and have a great time is to join us at one of our banquets. And you can, again, go to www.rmef, click on Michigan. It's got all the banquets on there. You can buy your tickets right online. It'll show the banquets in your general area. But if you can't, you can also join right online through the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. But uh, come out and join us for our banquets. Uh, great time, great food, great folks. And if you become a member, you're going to get one of the best magazines that there is, Bugle Magazine. You get that every every, every other month, I think. It's, it's a bi-monthly issue. Yep. And that's just a terrific magazine. It's full of great, just just great stories about hunting and habitat, good people. It's not all about, you know, the big buck kill. It's really about the story and the place and the habitat. It's a great read, great magazine. So go to www.rmef.com, become a member, find out when the banquets are, have a great time, and most of all, show up and volunteer with us at the Pigeon River Country Mission. One other thing I want to throw in here, Drew, is our new mission is to increase 50,000 acres, open up 50,000 acres a year to the public over the next five years. That is our mission. That our is incredible. Open access is a big part of our program. This, with our land access, and lands people, they are strive, working hard uh, across the country, not just out west, but right here at home. Uh, and that's our goal, to provide more public hunting for people, open access for people who enjoy just not hunting, but all sports and hunting. And, you know, with what's going on nationally, I don't think that's ever been more important. Thank you for the work that you do, Doug, and thank you for the work of Rock Mountain Elk Hunting. Drew, you are an awesome asset to the MUCC, and MUCC is the greatest asset for Michigan. Thank you very much for stopping at our booth today. You have a great night. Thank you for listening to another edition of Michigan Out of Doors podcast. Defend your rights to hunt, fish, and trap by joining MUCC at MUCC.org.